But first, Kenneth Williams and Ted Ray take on The Legend of Lord Nelson, with the song and sketch show also starring Miriam Margulies. From June 1974, it's The Betty Witherspoon Show. All together now... It's the Betty Witherspoon Show. And here's Betty! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as some of you may know, I am a great virtuoso on the violin, and it is my pleasure to play for you in this quiet, magic moment at the beginning of the show. Hello, yeah, hello. Oh, hello. I was about to... Here, here. Do you read this in the paper? Thieves have raided a refrigerated bullion store. A refrigerated bullion store? I don't believe it. It's true. Look, it says here, they got away with a cool half million. (laughs) (laughs) I do not wish to be aware of that fact. Can we leave the platform? And after that interlude, back to music, I would like to play a selection... Actually, there's another story in the paper today. Oh, dear. Yes, it says here they've caught the brass plug thief at last. Never. Yes, this bloke used to roam jam factories late at night, pinching the brass plugs from the vats of raspberry jam. He did Yeah, caught him last night, red-handed. Ha! <laughs> He's not the only one who's going to get the raspberry. (laughs) I see, it's joke time, all right. Do you know there was a terrible smell in our kitchen this morning? What was it? The crab salad had gone off. How do you know it was crab salad? It had gone off sideways. (laughs) All right. All right, that's it. Now, about uh, a football joke, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'll be the manager, and you're the trainer, OK? OK, all Good, right. good. Dear me, you look worried. I'm afraid so, sir. Just when we got the team settled down, that new fullback starts asking for £100 a week. A hundred pounds a week for a fullback? We can't afford that sort of money. Give him £50 a week and make him a halfback. <laughs> One up to me, I think. One up to me. And now, having done my bit for comedy, the stage is now clear for high-class music. And by my next selection as an encore... Hello. I recognise that voice. I recognise that voice as I live and nearly breathe. It's the infamous Spectre Spules of New Scotland Yard's intelligence unit. (laughs) Uh, What's uh, this week's message, Inspector? I want you all to be on the lookout for a desperate gang of hijackers who made off with a lorry loaded with £3,000 worth of licorice all sorts. It goes without saying the gang is still believed to be on the run. (laughs) (laughs) I should think so. Well, thank you very much, Inspector Spules. Au contraire, thank you. Handsome. Oh, go on. By the way, on a point of information, Mr. Ray, have you ever been picked up by the fuzz? Uh, no, well, uh, no, I, I can't say that I have. Well, I wouldn't if I were you. It's extremely painful. <laughs> well, I'll, um, yes, I'll bear that in mind. I, I would if I were you, sweetheart. Au revoir, bon chance. Has he gone? How about you? I'll be with him. <laughs> And now we come to the moments when we turn up the air conditioning in the hope that it'll drown what's about to happen. 
As for the audience, if you wish to continually clear your throat, this is your chance. And if Neil on the piano... <laughs> now, if you can hit the loud pedal hard enough, we might be spared from an experience worse than even some of Kenny's jokes. Kenny's song. Don't encourage him, don't encourage him, or he'll have another spasm. Now, this week, I'm going to sing a very wistful personal song. It was inspired by a Cole Porter and tells the simple story of a man waiting for Miss Wright to come along. And the, Thank you. Yes. And the only thing left for him to do is to write to Marge Proops. Music, maestro, please. husband doesn't even shave yet Mick Jagger's mouth is far too large Even Sean Connery wears a toupee All I can do is to write Dear Marge Errol Flynn had an eye for women Women had an eye for Errol Flynn If he'd only told me how he did it I'll do my best to get it like him Liberace is a real good example of what can the Libra can do for sex. All the women get hot flushes when he puts his hand on his flex. Donny Osmond doesn't even shave yet. Mick Jagger's mouth is far too large. Even Sean Connery wears a toupee. All I can do is to write Dear Marge. Elvis Presley may be fatter now, he's still got that pelvic swing. If only I could glower like he does, my sex life would be a different thing. Raymond Navarro was a silent lover. A lifted eyebrow could make the girl swoon. But when I tried to do it, everybody left the room. Donny Osmond doesn't even shave it. Mick Jagger's mouth is far too large. Even Sean Connery wears a toupee. All I can do is to write Dear Marge. McQueen is a blue-eyed cowboy moseying across the cinema screen. I've a bike, but I can't even ride it. And the last time I looked, my eyes were green. With envy. Thank you, that's nice. Miss Sharp, straight out the night. Tommy Osmond doesn't even shave yet. Mick Jagger's mouth is far too large. Even Sean Connery wears a toupee. All I can do is to write Dear Marge. to Dear That's, uh, that's made it all a little clearer. And now it's time for Witherspoon's World, our pie-eyed look at the world around us. And this week, our documentary subject is drink. Drink, the curse of the working classes. Or should that be work, the curse of the drinking classes? <laughs> half of all the hasty managers are love at first sight. The other half can be blamed on booze. And in most cases, it's the wives who suffer. Hello? Hello. Is that Mrs. Raquel Welsh? Oh, yes. Mrs. Raquel Welsh of Hendon here. Ah, look, Mrs. Welsh, I'm on the Joint uh, Charities Committee. Oh, yes, You're dear. a good supporter of ours. Yes. We're collecting for a drunkard's home. Would you care to make a donation? Oh, sure I would. Look, just come round here after the pub shut and I'll give you my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you must have met someone like that fellow in your time. The sort of fellow who loses his health drinking to the health of others. 
But let's catch up with Mrs. Raquel Welsh of Hendon, this time in her solicitor's office. Now, you're quite certain that everything in your will is in order, Mrs. Welch? Oh, quite certain, thank you, Mr. Solicitor, yes, yes. Uh, your fur coat is for your sister, Hester. Yes. Well, you see, she wears it more often than me now, so she might as well have it when I'm gone. And all your jewellery you leave to your son. Yeah, well, like I say, he wears it more often than me now, so he might just as well... Have it when you're gone, yes, right, yes, yes. But there's just this one item here I don't quite understand. Oh, what's that, then? The sum of £20 for drinks. Now, what does that mean? Well, you see, that's so that when the funeral cortege is on the way to the cemetery, my husband can stop and take all the mourners into the king's arms for a farewell drink and leave me outside, just like he always did. <laughs> how true, how true. But if you're a regular in a pub, sooner or later, you're bound to come across the Salvation Army. War cry, war cry, young soldier, war cry. Here, dear, I say, dear, here, come over here. Yes, Would yes. you settle a bet for us? Yes. Do, do your people save loose women? Oh, certainly we do. Oh, marvellous. Save us a couple for next Saturday night, would you? <laughs> when you've been drinking, there's always the problem about getting to bed without disturbing the wife. The other day I tried to creep in at about 3am, but I heard the wife clomping downstairs as soon as I shut the door. So I dived in the front room, picked up a book, and when she stormed in I said, Hello, darling, hello. Thought I'd stay up and do a bit of reading tonight. Oh, you did, eh? She said. Well, just shut that suitcase and come to bed. <laughs> My wife says I ought to get a job in a brewery. And while, <laughs> while we're talking about breweries, have you noticed how healthy the Drayman always looks so healthy? Over now to Beckett's Brewery for the farewell ceremony of their oldest employee. I've worked for this brewery, man and beast, for man and boy, <laughs> for 40 years. And I delivered millions of gallons of Beckett's ales all over Britain. As a lad, I drunk Beckett's ales. That gave me strength. When I married, both me and the missus drunk Beckett's ales. We had six sons all over six foot. And all I'm Beckett's ale drinkers. At the age of 63, I married again to a girl of 17. I had four sons. All strong fellas all drank Beckett's ale. I've drunk Beckett's ale all me life. Buckets and buckets of Beckett's. I am more Beckett's than even our Buckets. I am a local boxing champion, captain of the tug-of-war team, and I can still lift a barrel of Beckett's ale single-handed. Beckett's ale has been my life. And what does it taste like? Ready horrible. <laughs> I think I know that brew very well. It tastes like something you sit in to remove a tattoo. <laughs> well, you know where you got them, girls. But the trouble with drink, we'll find them, don't worry. The trouble with drink is that too much of it can lead to some very nasty scenes. So we take you over now to the clubhouse restaurant of a golf course somewhere in Surrey. <laughs> The first day of Look, look, please, please be quiet. And let others 
get on with their lunch in peace. Give us a kiss, darling. Oh, yeah. Certainly not, you yeah. horrible creature. Uh-huh. You're the drunkest man I've ever seen in this golf club. And you're the ugliest woman I've oh, ever seen. How dare you? And that's worse, because when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be sober. <laughs> and, friends, if you want to know and how that particular little it. incident lined up, get this drunk out of here. <laughs> yeah, if you want to know how that little incident ended up at the golf club dining room, here's how. If I rule the world every day, Excuse me, sir. Yeah. I'm afraid there have been some complaints. Who the hell are you? I'm the chairman of the Greens Committee. Oh, yeah, that's the bloke I want to see. These Brussels sprouts are stone cold. <laughs> stone cold, sir. They're going to flown Get out of him and take that brass rail off his foot. <laughs> Actually, in my golf club restaurant, they've got a foolproof way of sobering up anyone who's had one too many. They just bring him the bill. <laughs> but one thing you must watch, of course, and you must watch this, is drinking and driving. You must watch that. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, yes, officer? I wonder if you'd mind blowing into this bag, sir. Uh, but uh, I've only had two pints, officer. I, I can't be over the limit. Just blow into the bag, sir. We'll soon see. Yes, right. Well, I'm afraid I must ask you to accompany me to the station, sir. But but I haven't done anything wrong. The, the crystals haven't turned green. I know that, sir, but there's a long, dark alley on the way back, and I'm afraid to go down it on my own. <laughs> so remember, folks, remember, don't drink and drive. It slops all over the steering wheel. And if you drink like a fish, don't drive, swim. <laughs> but of course, in the last resort, there's always the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Hello? Is, is that Alcoholics Anonymous? Yes, it is. I need help. Right this minute, I'm sitting in a room with 150 bottles of wine all around me. I see. Um, All around me. How can we help you? I thought you might be able to put me in touch with one of your members who's got a corkscrew he's not using anymore. <laughs> it may come as a surprise to most of you to know that there's a new organisation now called the AAAA. It's a cross between Alcoholics Anonymous and the Automobile Association for people who want to be driven to drink. But in order to find out what they thought about drink north of the border, we sent out our roving reporter. Well, here I am in the Isle of Skye, where with the help of some free samples, I hope to find out what sort of drinks they like best. Uh, madam. Aye, uh, uh-huh. Are you going to have a little tot? Uh, no, it's just the way my dress hangs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I see what you mean, <laughs> aye. I wait dram. Yes. Well, I don't mind if I do. Go on. Mm. Well, uh... Well, did you like that new brand of scotch? Aye, but it's not a patch in our own homebrew, Glen McDavid and Goliath. Glen McDavid and Goliath? Uh-huh. That's a funny name for a scotch. Can you tell us why you call it that? Aye, you see, one small one and you're stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have a cold, I just get out the bottle of Glen McDavid and Goliath. And within an hour, it's gone completely. Oh, the cold? No, the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, thank you. That's quite enough of Witherspoon's World of Drink for the moment. 
We'll just leave you with a story about the bottle of cheap brandy who went to the psychiatrist because he thought he was Napoleon. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Take no notice of her. She's been drinking on an empty stomach. Empty stomach? I've got to be joking. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, we are very proud to have in the studio to talk to us tonight a very remarkable man. Well, you see, I'm a mind reader, so I answer all the questions before they're asked. Oh, tell me, how is it you're able to answer questions before they're put to you? Charlie Sidebottom. What is your name, sir? Rosemary Cottage. Where do you live? At the Hammersmith Palais. Where do you meet your wife? Well, we suddenly found we had 23 children, 11 boys, 9 girls and 3 don't knows. Have you any children? Yes, three dogs, two cats and a budgie. Do you have any pets? Yes, when the wife got time, we have to go on the billiard table. Do you get much time together? No, thanks, we've given it up. Do you smoke? Only in the mating season. Do you uh, get a nice bit of sport? Rosie Crumpet oh. down at the Cat and Thistle. Uh, what was your wife before you got married? Just about everything, eh? Uh, what did you do on your honeymoon? Went to Blackpool with Jimmy Savile. <laughs> and what did you do last night? Bless you. Did you? Why? Achoo! Bless you again. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> Pardon? Thank you very much. Won't you have a drink? When? Say when. It's fish and chips. What's your favourite dish? Rosie Crumpet down the cat and thistle. Who does it best? Rosie Crumpet down the cat and thistle. <laughs> someone I'm getting fed up with. I'm not. You're making fun of me? Well, the same to you. Knickers! Quit yourself. Quit! It's me answering the questions you see before you ask Do you know them. who I'm fed up with? Put that gun down. I've had enough of this! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Ah! Damn! It's not loaded. <laughs> well, that's got rid of him. Ladies and gentlemen, the weather and the news. The next program is night. Thank you. Good night. Good. And a good night. What are you doing next? <laughs> and now, for all lovers of radio, as a medium of imagination, we present Miriam Margulis in the bath. Is this number 47? Well, it says on the door, doesn't it? Who is it, anyway? I'm from the Royal National Society of Blind Salesmen. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, yes, uh, of course you can come in. Thank you. Oh, oh, sorry about all that fuss. Of course, I don't mind you. That's all right, lady. Now, where do you want this blind? <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me spirit you away to the American West, to two old cowboys sitting on a fence. Evening, Hank. Evening, Milk. <laughs> hey, uh, Milk, do you remember Cisco Simpkins? I can't say I do, Hank. Why, well, I lived in mild winter, South Dakota. That is before the hurricane. Where do you live then, Hank? Mild winters, North Dakota. Ah, uh, Cisco Simpkins. Girls used to call him Sissy for short, but not for long. Did you live in mild winters, Hank? Yep, yep, Milt, I was a sheriff. Uh, I had my suspicions about Cisco Simpkins. He was a shifty critter. Down at the jailhouse, we called him the nudist. You know why? 
on account you couldn't pin nothing on him. <laughs> That's right. And you know, Cisco had a girlfriend, Edith. Down at the jailhouse, we called her the Banjo. You know why? On account if she was easy pickings. <laughs> That's right, and highly strong, too. Anyway, came the day when Cisco announced his intentions of marrying old Edith. Not that Edith was exactly willing, no siree. I ain't gonna marry you, she said. Because I hear tell about you marrying other gals. Oh, said Cisco. That's nothing but old wives' tales. Yes, said Edith. What about that girl up in Elkwater County, that Kate? Didn't you marry her? Well, Cisco had to admit he did marry Kate. But that is the end of the story. Do you know what Edith said to him then? Nope. <laughs> you can't have your Kate and Edith too. And now the dulcet tones of Nigel Reese with an announcement. Thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Betty Witherspoon's Theatre of the Air. Another load of dramatic codswallop featuring Kenneth Williams. Hey, hang on, hold on. Dramatic codswallop indeed. Look, don't think I'm being critical, Nigel, but I am. The announcement just isn't what I wanted. It's not grand enough for what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? You, if you don't watch out. <laughs> well, how should I make the announcement? Silently, lovey. Get off. I'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> proudly present the story of Nelson and Lady Hamilton, a story of love and passion, a story of naval might and bravery, the tang of the sea and the herrings, salt pork, rum, ships, biscuits, and old grog, and here, hang on, I think I'm going to be... She blows, come our belay, me hearties. Give the lookout forty lashes, Captain Hardy. Why, sir? The worst impersonation of Bernard Miles I've heard this year. I couldn't agree more, but let me tell you something, sir. What's There's it? a light dead ahead, sir. Hard on your helm there. It's still dead ahead of us, sir. It's okay, Hardy. I'll hail them. Very well. Ahoy there. This is His Majesty's ship Victory with Admiral Nelson on board. Make way. Make away yourself, you stupid British pig. This is a lighthouse. <laughs> Look out! You're fired! What? Look out! You're fired! Sacked! I can't hear you! You've got the push! We don't need you anymore! You're finished! Hey! I still can't hear a word! Oh, to hell with it! I'll sack someone else! Man overboard! Man overboard! I say you, down there! What is your name? My, my name... My name is Lord Hamilton! But I'm drowning! And what... Thank you. Thank you. What do you do for a living? I'm His Majesty's ambassador extraordinary and plenipotentiary to Naples. Help! I'm going down the... 
Come in. Is this the British Embassy in Naples? It is, yes. Do you have a Lord Hamilton working here as ambassador? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I've called for his job. He's just drowned in the Mediterranean. <laughs> I'm very sorry. You're too late. The man that pushed him in got it. You Hardy, I thought you were my friend and closest colleague. Why have you done this to me? Well, you see, sir, it's like this. I'm tired of the sea, sick of the sea. I want a job ashore. I'd like to go into politics. I'm looking for a safe seat. Aren't we all, dear? But be that as it may, Hardy, I'm prepared to meet you halfway. You can be ambassador, but Lady Hamilton is mine. All those in favour of the plan say aye. All those against signify by saying I resign the commission. Now, what do you say, Hardy? Mm, aye. Aye what? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> oh, Nelson, how nice of you. <laughs> A lucky charm. See, I'll put it here, in my trinket box, along with my other mementos of you. Uh, Look, my sweet, yeah. here's your spare glass eye and your ear trumpet and your wig and your false arm and your spectacles. Oh, my God, you've got more of me in that box than there is in this uniform. <laughs> Oh, darling. Oh, 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 it's oh. so lovely to be here in your arm again. <laughs> Looking soulfully up into your eyes. Thank you. What news since my last brief visit, Miss Sweet? My dearest, we've had another little frigate. Oh, oh Emma. Perhaps one day this child will emulate Raleigh. We'll discover new continents like Cook or sail the seven seas like Sir Francis Drake. My dear, what have you called the little child? Betty. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember our firstborn, Horatio? Yeah. Yes. Hearing that little soprano voice singing I'll be Queen of the May. Mm, and who would have thought he ever would be? <laughs> Nelson. What is it, Emma? <gasps> oh. When did you last have sex? Oh, let me see. Uh, yes, uh, 1745. That's a long time ago, 1745. Oh, I don't know. It's only 1800 hours now. Oh, it's oh, your husband. You'll never speak about him much. What's he like? Why did you marry him? Well, I had to marry him. I was very young and innocent. He just buttered me up. It's your old travel day. You don't know stalk from butter. Come here. Come here, you saucy wench. Now, huh? remember, this is a hotel room after all, Nelson. Where's the chambermaid? Stoke on Trent. Thank you, Jimmy Tarver. <laughs> oh, come on, sailor. Let's see if you're able. <laughs> now, do it again. Oh, oh. This... Mm, this time with feeling. No, dear, I couldn't. I couldn't. I oh, really couldn't. Oh, I see. The age of chivalry's dead, is it? No, dear, the age of chivalry is not dead, but I am. <laughs> brings us right round to Nelson's last words. And what were they? Kiss her, Hardy. Next week, the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air will present the great story of the man who was hunting jackals. Caught one, cut his tail off, but unfortunately let it escape before he could skin it. And it's called, wait for it, Docked the Jackal and Missed the Hide. <laughs> On behalf of Betty Witherspoon and myself, I'd like to thank you for having us. You deserved us, you lovely people. Bye-bye. The Betty 
Louis Despoon show starred Ted Ray and Kenneth Williams and featured Miriam Margulies and Nigel Reese. The musical director was Neil Innes. The script was written by Michael Whale and Joe Steeples with additional material from Fred Metcalf, Tom McGee Englefield, Chris Miller, David Nobbs and Peter Vincent. The violin was played by Ted Ray and The Fool by Kenneth Williams. The programme was produced by Simon Brett. Thank <laughs> you.